It is Nightline and it is Emma Brain sitting in for James Pikeway. He's away for the next week or so. And in the studio, as always, we've got Colin and Dan from We Will Fix It. Evening, gents. How are you doing? Good evening. Good evening. Very well, thank you. Excellent. All right. So if you do have any questions uh, this evening, do f- do feel free to get in touch. You can give us a call at 423 SMS 4001 or use the Dubai iFree app. And uh, should we kick off looking at the questions that came through during the week off of the back of last week's show? So um, the first one we had here was from uh, Jürgen, who basically said, for a stripped screw head, uh, put a... Ra- what, what, <laughs> what was the question? Or is that so your answer? Was, yeah, this was... <laughs> We had a long conversation last week, myself and James, um, about uh, the different types of screw head right. um, and also how terrible just a straight cross head was. Um, and we were having various conversations about the fact that, well, the worst nightmare happens at the moment when um, that y- it kind of breaks on you. You've mm. used too much torque on the um, uh, on the screwdriver um, and uh, it's damaged. So Jürgen's point was that if you use um, an elastic band, actually, within the crosshead itself it helps to locate the screwdriver in there which I think wow I'd like to know if Jürgen's actually done this because I think <laughs> that it's a little bit of an old wives tale I've seen, I've seen it come up a number of times on Facebook on these uh, 10 life hacks it comes up regularly on there uh, it doesn't mean it's true no I'm not sure I fully believe <laughs> this, Mr. Jürgen. Show me a demonstration and maybe we'll believe you. Or is this one that you might have to go and try out yourselves, see if it actually gosh. works? You could do some, some practice and tell. Give it a whirl. Well, you're not going to believe this, but actually, <laughs> dinner tonight was on my brother-in-law's deck and he has just got this whole area done and yeah. they've used flathead screws okay. and they've stripped a few. So there you go. There is my practical job for this week. There you go. I'm going to go with a bunch of elastic bands <laughs> Thanks to you, and I'm going to solve the whole thing. Excellent, and then report back next week and tell us whether it actually works or not. That's a great idea. I will. Fantastic idea. The next one that came through: so I've knocked a row of tiles off my wall, removing a cabinet. What's the best way to reapply them? Hire a good tiler. Ah, very <laughs> clever. Oh, yes, that was a bit of a pitch. Okay, two ways of doing this. There is the um, the true way, or there is the easy bodge. Um, so the correct way, which is the only way that our technicians would do it, um, is first of all to chip off what we call glue, but it looks like cement. It's just tile cement, in effect. And take it right the way down to the wall. Um, it's noisy, it's dirty, um, and all in all, there's going to be a little bit of a, um, a, a painful job to do um but uh, at that stage once you've done that you need to reapply um some new tile glue mm. cement whatever you want to call it um and uh, once you've done that you need to use spaces in the tiles that go in so that they're the correct distance from the other tiles leave that to dry for 24 hours and then um at that stage reapply the grout so that's the official route the other possibility which is a bodge and i will not recommend this but lots of people in dubai uh, would just silicon the backside and um stick them back on and then a bit of grout and you're done but there is a very good chance if you use that route that um, the tiles you put back on will slightly protrude in front of the rest of the set of tiles so I do not recommend that but that is the bodge if if you've got all the tiles um, to put them back whole then you're very lucky because difficulty is often in the city that when they built the springs, lakes, meadows Arabian ranches, all these communities Palm Jumeirah were built 
eight, ten years ago, and tiles were ordered by the tens of millions from, from suppliers all over the world. So you can't just pop down to Sasper and, and buy ten tiles that match the ones that were put on ten years ago. If you've got all, all the tiles whole, you're very lucky. They also fade. The tiling, yeah. So yeah, how do you so bring them back? You paint over them, new coat of paint? Oh, Can you no, do that? No, 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 no. No? No, that, see, that's another life life hack, isn't it, that's often on Seen Facebook? lots of people doing it. Yeah, well, um, it's great until there's any kind of um, contact with those tiles, um, at which point, questionable, A, how, um, how well you applied it in the first place, um, and secondly, how long it's going to stay there before the whole lot scratches and comes off. Mm, okay. And I wanted to ask you, just going back to your point about using silicone, because I see silicone used in an awful lot of situations where maybe it shouldn't be. Oh, there's a crack there. So there's, a, there's a crack in one of our bathtubs. What did they do? Come along and just put a load of silicone over it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the whole thing needs replacing. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, absolutely case. As I uh, kind of previously mentioned, it, it is normally the bodge material of yeah. choice. Um, it, I mean, it, it's... Uh, there's lots of applications that you can use it for, um, but then at the same time, A, the quality of silicon is uh, very variable. We'll only use American silicon on the whole um, because um, some of the silicon that's available from other locations shrinks really badly. So it doesn't even do the job uh, of sealing around bars that it's supposed to because when it shrinks, it pulls off the wall and next thing you know, the water can get down. So quality silicon, first of all. Um, and secondly, if you are going to bodge something, it is a bodge. It's not a fix um, and uh, it's only going to be a temporary scenario. So please don't bodge things. <laughs> Stay away from that. And uh, the other question we had through is, uh, when I leave my water heater on for two hours, it starts to leak water from the ceiling. Should I be worried about it? Probably. Worth looking at. Um, could be something as simple as the check valve, which is there to separate the hot and, and cold water. Quite often they, they leak, they start to whistle, make, uh, make a loud noise like a kettle boiling. Um, could be a check valve, might be the water heater itself. Uh, most water heaters in Dubai are like um, a vacuum flask, mm. so they're glass lined and they have a certain lifespan from all the heating up and cooling down over the years eventually they crack and they start to leak through so when water's coming through and it's discolored it's often been the glass has cracked it's um it's eating into the uh, into the metal frame that check valve though don't take it out it's there for safety reasons okay um if the water gets too hot um, just like a pressure cooker exactly the same scenario so you have that big weight on a pressure cooker and when it gets um uh, too much pressure inside big jet of steam comes out well that's basically what's happening here so it's interesting it says two hours later turn on the water heater it gets hot it gets hot it gets hot two hours later it gets really hot mm. too much pressure inside um and then uh, at that stage you need a release and that's really what the check valve does as well as separating the hot and the cold uh, water. Um, one thing that you could do to solve this, uh, assume that you've got plenty of hot water coming through and you're not using everything that you need, um, just get somebody to turn down the thermostat on the uh, water heater itself. It will uh, reduce the need for the check valve. The other thing that's supposed to be there is um, a drain pipe over the end of the check valve. So when the water comes out, it goes straight down the, uh, the drain pipe uh, and not through, um, through the, the, ceiling. the ceiling. Yeah. And is it just me or do water heaters here seem a little bit finicky a lot of the time? Yeah, well, they don't tend to last too long. They don't, uh, not at it all. It can be the, the quality of the water, the, you know, 
and each bathroom has one as well so they're, they're getting used very very regularly it's not like the uk we'd have a great big boiler that does the whole house and the radiators you tend to have one for each bathroom and they're getting used repeatedly hot and cold but they they don't last very long as, as colin mentioned previous weeks it's a certain price point as well yeah yeah they're steel um steel rusts um back in the uk where we're from um they're all copper mm. and copper doesn't rust well that's the reason they found and a question that comes up a lot of times on on our particular community forums is when people go away, they go away on their, their holiday times, do they leave the water heaters on or should they be turning them off? We've had some um, instances, it's a bit of a strange one, they've turned them off but when they've come back and turned them on, they leak and then a couple of days later it's fine. So <laughs> what's up with that? Um, okay, well, first of all, for that, that's quite an easy, easy decision. You turn them off. Yeah. Um, okay. Otherwise, there's a huge wastage um, that's there. Uh, in terms of that scenario, so when they've come back after a, a longish period, they turn them back on and then they leak. And then three days later, they don't. No, I don't know what that is. And there's there's various kind of theories that, that you could throw out, which is um, anything like the thermostat that's on the unit um, is, has got sticky, but there's no real reason why um, that kind of time frame should do it. Uh, could be check valve as well, uh, potentially, but you know these, these things are pretty reliable it may well be they're just old um and on that basis they've spotted the initial failure but maybe the, the other one's just a little bit um uh long-winded it's going to fail soon i would certainly replace it well get somebody just to look at it yeah. don't don't imagine you're going to be all right just because it stopped leaking temporarily yeah, if you've got any worries about plumbing get it checked out before you go away we've uh, colin and i had a, a, a customer many years ago oh yes who had a water heater went bang while she was away this is quite, quite often why you it's good to have somebody popping in on your house every few days if you're away for three weeks get something to pop him once a week Jumeirah has done that one it was indeed yeah the yeah. lady unfortunately water heater went bang the thing leaked it emptied 80 litres and then continued to leak through and unfortunately she had carpets throughout the oh, throughout the place guess, no. guess how she found out it, it, the neighbour below it was in an apartment or no no it's a Jumeirah Islands huge oh, place it was and it was at the far end of the corridor and um, they found out when the water went out the front door it gone all the way down the corridor <laughs> oh, no. it went out of the front door and was three quarters of the way down the driveway at the time when um, their neighbour found it um, we literally went in there and it was a health hazard the, all of the um, the master bedroom was black the ceiling was totally black from mould um, it was it was absolutely unbelievable I mean I haven't seen devastation like that. Carpets ruined, wooden floors ruined, I mean, yeah, tens of thousands of dams that they'd invested into the property mm. just down the drain. It was the, the poor lady. So yeah. And that's when you hope you have insurance. Yes. <laughs> to cover all of that. That is for sure. It is the DIY hour on Nightline by I103.8 and it's Emma Brain sitting in for James this week and with me in the studio is Colin and Dan from We Will Fix It. We've gone through some of your questions. If you do have anything else, feel free to get in touch. Let's have a look at the issues of the week and it's that time of the year where we all start bashing the ACs back on again. Yeah, we've had a, a very busy week with air conditioning. Uh, we've been keeping a close eye on the weather because it's felt like this March has, has been a, a bit cooler mm. than, than last year. So we started looking into the weather, AccuWeather 2017 versus 2018. We're about two weeks later with the with the real hot weather kicking in. Some points last week, the temperature was 10 degrees lower than the same time last year. So people yeah. are saying it's, it feels like it's late. Well, it's coming and it's hitting right now. So just a couple of degrees change in the weather. Suddenly the phone starts ringing because everybody's switching their AC on for the first time and it's not working. So, yeah, but this week's been really busy. But did you know that over the weekend, so Friday, Saturday, Friday was nine degrees higher um, than the historical average. 
and Saturday it went even higher, 10 degrees higher. That's Imagine crazy. 10 degrees, that's incredible, isn't it? I, I, I don't know what's going on with weather at the moment. Weather globally has just gone bonkers right now. Absolutely. And it's showing here as well. But before we get to AC's not cooling, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about before we um, get into this weather and start turning our ACs on, should we have them all serviced and cleaned before we all get there? Absolutely. Um, doesn't matter whether you're living in an apartment or a villa. Um, all ACs should be serviced at least twice a year. We normally recommend three times a year. So if it's your own place, you probably have a good idea of when it was last serviced. If mm. it's a new place you've moved into, then then look into it. It should be done two to three times a year. Full proper service. The simple scenario on this is um, when it gets hotter, your ACs have to work harder. Well, if they haven't been serviced, they're having to work even harder. If they have to work even harder, then they're going to fail more often. Mm. And it's much cheaper to get an AC regularly serviced than it is to replace compressors and all those components that have been overworking. So it's an obvious time right now to get your AC serviced. And we have a, a lot of problems. Sorry, Dan. I was just going to say we have a lot of problems in in some communities where the ACs possibly a little bit smaller than they need to be for the areas that they're expected to cool. So they're having to work a lot harder than they actually need to from from the word go. Absolutely. So th- they need to be serviced very regularly and done professionally. But an AC service is not just going up and wiping the, the vents on the inside yeah. so it looks clean. It, it needs to be done properly and it should take half an hour to 45 minutes per unit. So if you're in a, a building where the guys are coming on and just wiping the vents and you just speak to somebody and say that that's not an AC service and they all call it an AC service don't they <laughs> yeah or pull your filters out wash them in the bath and go finished yeah, unbelievable <laughs> honestly if there's one thing that drives me up the wall it's when and you know it's on behalf of our industry as well because yeah. uh, we have such a bad reputation as an industry um, and I totally understand why um, because there is this massive variation between um, you know the guy who comes as you mentioned with one screwdriver to service your ACs and you know our boys have all done three years in, um, in the Philippines where they are basically at post-grad level mm. they come to us they get retrained for another two months with our head technician who I've we've never had an AC job that you can't do is amazing Um, and uh, and then go out on the road and you know that comparison there just really isn't one Um, so we've got a 14 point AC service that we do um, that uh, we can do within 30 minutes to 45 minutes um, and it's uh, we're confident in it and so we warranty it simple as that so what should people be looking out for what do they need to make sure has been done or is being done with their AC servicing it depends on on the type of AC if you're if you're in a apartment building it's a chilled water system we need to be there's a yeah, a lot of the the ac serviced inside if you're in a villa often it's, it's called a split unit most of the ac is up on the roof so the guys will quite often disappear up there for for half an hour to 45 minutes see that's where the issue is mm. um, because a lot of the work that's been done is either on the roof in which case climb on the roof with them if you're feeling brave um, or alternatively with their head um, taking some of the ceiling tiles off in a bathroom and their head up in the void in the ceiling so the real difficulty goes with how easy is it to monitor those workmen and, and the truth of the matter is it's not so you're not to know unfortunately unless you've got a company that's prepared to warranty the work they do so they'll be coming back if anything's wrong um, and that's really where where the issues um, the issues tend to start so go to somebody with a reputation that you trust a great time to get your AC done now because the last thing you want is it going bang in the middle of July or August. We get calls in the middle of the night. People have got small children. If the kids can't sleep, the adults can't sleep. You mm. go to work grumpy the next day. Better to get it looked at now. If there is a problem, you can get it fixed before it gets too hot. I mean, one of the most common things that 
you'll get that, uh, that anyone doing this that will get is uh, people will phone up and go, my ESA is not cooling. It, nothing's cooling down. The fan's running, but there's no cold air coming through. So what are the likely scenarios to be behind that? The most common call we get is, uh, I think it just needs some more gas. Just come and, come and top up <laughs> yeah. some gas. And top it up. Just top up the gas. If, <laughs> if the gas is low, then there's a reason why. The gas is leaking somewhere. It's a very high-pressure system, and the gas is, is yeah. If it's low on gas, there's a reason why. To give you an idea, it's basically two and a half times the pressure of an average car tyre. Okay. So if you imagine sticking a little hole in your car tyre, it's going to go down pretty quick. Mm. So just topping up that gas, there's a reason why um, that's gone, and you need somebody who's who's capable of actually um, uh, solving that one. Um, and again, the type of gas that they use as well. So uh, to give you an idea, a lot of the companies uh, in Dubai use um, gas that comes from the subcontinent, um, it doesn't have the correct types of lubricant in it, which will damage your compressor over time. But you're not to know this as, as Joe Public. Um, so again, going to somebody that uh, that's got a good reputation is critical. Okay, and um, so the gas is one thing. And one question, talking about ACs, seeing as we're on that, um, you know, when you sometimes it's not working, so you run up to your AC and you press the little button compressor starts going again what's that all about because sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it can be a capacitor issue you've got a capacitor on your compressor which is like a starter motor but gives a big jump start to the compressor if the capacitor's gone I think on this one, um, Emma's saying um, you've managed to get it, it working again. Yeah. Okay, the reason is it's a, um, when the unit resets itself, so a yeah. safety reset, um, there's a, a delay timer that's um, that's basically there. So normally it's five minutes, somewhere around five minutes, before uh, the unit will kick in again and the compressor will start operating and cooling the system. Mm-hmm. So wait five minutes without a doubt on any restart. Um, uh, before working out whether or not you've got another issue. And the compressor, obviously, I think, is is that going to be the most expensive part you're going to need to replace on an AC unit? No, normally, yes, yeah. If I'm it saying. goes. So uh, is there a general hard and fast rule as to when those need to be replaced? Um, only when it fails, in effect. But um, uh, again, if the ACs are regularly serviced, then um, that compressor can last for a good 60-70% longer uh, than one that hasn't. Um, so service frequently, simple as that. It's, it's, in simple terms, it's like a giant piston that's, that's there to push yeah. the gas around. So it's just bang, bang, bang. Um, so it can get weaker and weaker. So it's still working, but it's not pushing the gas around as effectively. So quite, they don't. sometimes they just go bang. Sometimes they just get less and less effective for over a, a long period of time. And with the um, the filter cleaning actually in the apartment, is there, I'm, I'm wondering, is there any, because we hear a lot about bacteria buildup, that's why we need to clean the filters. If, you know, it, with allergies, if you have allergies and your ACs haven't been used for several months and you suddenly stick them on, you've got all this grime and horrible stuff. Is there any kind of anti-bac that you can coat these with to, to prevent that at all? Uh, we start off with Dettol. Okay. So every service <laughs> that we do, Dettol, yeah. and it, it's a simple scenario. This, which is, and there's lots of specialist um, uh, antibacterials that are out there, um, but Dettol has been used in almost every household worldwide since the 1960s. The amount of research that's been done into it is massive. Well, if we're putting something into an AC that needs to be totally safe and we know it is totally antibacterial, I prefer to use something that's had that amount of research. Yeah. So that's why we use that as um, uh, standard. Separately for, uh, from that, um, and alongside an AC service, uh, you have coil cleaning and duct cleaning, um, which are two additional um, services. Coil cleaning, um, so basically the coil is like a, the radiator in the unit where the air passes through to get cool. Um, and because it's cold and uh, there is humidity 
there it gets really wet and uh, when it gets wet things stick to it when things stick to it um, it causes bacteria to grow and hence you have that issue over time it's a real specialist job to clean one of those um, and uh, you know we, we adopted um, adapted rather some um, some systems from the US that weren't designed um, to clean coils so we kind of designed the um, the equipment around what we actually have within ACs here um, so it works brilliantly but to give you an idea uh, this week we'll be doing in the region of about 75 to 80 coil cleans I guess wow. um, and somewhere in the region of about 320 330 AC service units <laughs> so it's um, it, it's huge in terms yeah. of the fact that, that people need this kind of stuff and duct cleans wise um, I think we've got one one job alone which has got 43 units so I, I must guess that we're probably in the um, somewhere near 100 I would have thought yep. this, this week for, um, for that as well so there's a lot that needs to be done Busy bees this time of year with AC servicing and cleaning then, that's for sure. It is the DIY hour on Dubai 103.8. It is Nightline. It's M sitting in for James this week. And uh, we've got Colin and Dan in the studio. And um, uh, issues that we all have, fly screens. <laughs> if you've got cats and dogs, just they're ripped to shreds. The wonders of fly screens, you know, and especially this time of year. This is, um, I put this one in because it's that time of the year when the mosquitoes are really going for. Um, you know, actually, I've got one really bad itch from oh, <laughs> at the brother-in-laws in uh, in the villa this evening, and um, even with the spray, they got me. But um, I think in another two or three weeks, probably, it's going to be the, that move inside. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, it won't be so crazy as to not be able to uh, at least have the doors open a bit. So fly screens at, at this time of year are really critical, and um, they do get in any holes that you have in a fly screen. They do get in. Um, but the thing with fly screens are everybody knows that they need them but yeah. nobody knows where to get them replaced exactly so if you're feeling brave you can do this job yourself it's, it's actually not a difficult job to do once you got them get the mesh and a screwdriver and you kind of cut it to shape with the extra and jimmy it in with a screwdriver with the little rubber jimmy thing. it in, jimmy it in. i've done it <laughs> that's my technical term for i'm jimmying it in See that's see that's really interesting because um, loads of people uh, come to us and say, "Oh no, no, I tried it and had a nightmare." And the big problem that we have is if you're going to if it's got to look right because basically the mesh is like a square. Yeah. If you over tension it in one direction, you end up with those squares going kind of diagonal. I didn't say it, it looks looks good, <laughs> I didn't say it looked good, Colin. Oh, I didn't say it looked good. I said I could go. do it, but I didn't say it looked good. <laughs> well, the other thing the other thing is there's two there's two main uh, types of material that they use uh, for flight screen. Uh, either aluminium um, or alternatively nylon. Now, aluminium's been around for absolutely ages, um, but the main issue that we have with it is as soon as you you touch it in any shape or form, it stretches, mm. and you can't get it back. It just won't it won't go mm -hmm. back. So basically, from the first week in, if you've got aluminium mesh, it's still going to look terrible. Yeah. Yet they're all over the place. So the way we do it is with nylon mesh, um, which is, you know, nylon, it's designed really for clothing is the, um, the main kind of use of it. Um, but it does have a lot more flex in it. Uh, it's the original stuff that they used in places like the Springs and Arabian Ranches and those mm. kind of places. Um, and it's great. I'd say the only downside of it is that it only comes in black. So uh, that way you can either have black or you can have black, black. in the famous words of... Wasn't that Henry Ford? <laughs> I think it was. Wow, that's almost um, a memory. I'm still waiting for someone so, to come up with the cat-proof 
fly screen. Yeah, no, I was just, we were talking about it off air. That you, you see people have done like a cat-proof balcony, but it tends to be a much bigger mesh. You can, I don't think you can, there's anything you can use. I think it's called double glazing, isn't it? <laughs> or the catio. Is that what you're talking the about? Cat- the catio. Oh, yes. catio. Have, you, have you built a catio yes. yet? Well, we built one. Yeah, we have. We did one in uh, an apartment. Actually, that was a classic um, that we were, we were going to talk about last week, that we actually had an inquiry last week for a catio from a lady in an apartment who said the reason she wanted to do it was that her cat keeps jumping off. Okay, we didn't get the details of what floor this lady was on, but you know, an apartment block, there's not that many people that live on the ground floor. No. But how's this cat still with us, in effect, to require a catio if it's been jumping off regularly? Oh, oh, you'd be surprised. I mean, I've lived on the second, third, fourth floors, and they they have, like, uh, beams underneath the balconies. And I've caught my cat several apartments below me. They they find a way. And the one at the moment, you know, they have the balconies with the the planter bowls. He goes and sits up in there, and then you see him, you know, tightroping across the balcony. I might need a catio for my balcony. <laughs> remember my, my, my old place in Satwa, the cat used to jump from one balcony to the next. Yeah. So I'd watch him doing it. He's going to fall. <laughs> That's yeah. nuts. This is why you need catios on apartment balconies. <laughs> well, they're, they're actually a real pain in the neck to do. Um, again, possible DIY job, because um, if you imagine with the framework that's kind of required, um, any professional, I think, would be prohibitively expensive for that one. Mm. Um, but again, actually, we're talking about wood uh, on previous weeks and um, Speedex is a great place to get wood from um, a really good value um, there are some lumber yards in Dubai as well if you need them um, you'd need to search online as I did um, Timberwolf comes to mind um, as one of the outfits that I, I believe are in that kind of um, area depending on how grand your um, your outdoor area is for your cat and if you're not feeling brave the answer to all carpentry problems is Jamira Carpentry oh yes <laughs> the wonders at Jamira Carpentry those boys are awesome Mr. Aslam over there can do anything. If you give those guys a picture of something you want building, they will build it perfectly. I'm curious now. I want to see the designs for this catio, see how this is going to work. <laughs> <Quite Yeah. awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come back in and talk about it at a later date. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to make the catio? Well, the thing is, I like making anything out of a container. You know, the, um, the containers that they use for shipping things? Yes. As far as I'm concerned, I reckon we just cut up a container, ship it up there, and, um, and, and jobs are good. And certainly, they won't escape from that, will they? Colin's gazebo is a container. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems perfectly logical that in your garden, you would have a container frame that's made into a, um, uh, a gazebo. So what would you use for the windows for it? To contain the cat? Who needs windows? We're trying to contain the cat. <laughs> but it's still, the cat's not going to get out of the container, is it? <laughs> it's the point of the catio. It can, it can look out and it can sit outside. Put a but TV not up. get off. Put a t- TV up. A constant <laughs> reel running through of whatever shots your cat likes. Oh, dear. Mice. Yeah, you mm. could have that there for them, couldn't you? Oh, Chasing mice all day. It's when the bird flies by and they try to swipe it and uh, wobble off the balcony. It's not a good thing. Container. It's all for the container catio. Cool. Should we patent that, Dan? I think I've got a new business to go with. Oh, dear. I like that. Uh, what other issues have you got going on this week? Uh, block drains. Yeah. I don't know what it is this time of year, but um, for some reason... I don't know whether it's as it gets warmer or whether or not whether or not it's roots growth. I bet it is roots. That's a nasty one. It is, and we have uh, one customer, and she was a customer from the very beginning. Nargis, how are you, Nargis? I hope you're well. <laughs> um, and uh, we have this ongoing issue. Um, the the real problem with roots is um, to actually patch 
um, a drain that has got um, a, a roots issue takes amazing equipment, mm. and we've got a great um, great outfit um, done that you uh, that you know. Yep, that's a. Uh Grisdale. Yeah, When you fly to Manchester Airport and you come out of the airport, you tend to see Grisdale trucks going past at Manchester. They've come over and, yeah, their equipment is amazing, like diamond tip drills to go down, but it's, it, it's expensive. Yeah, but the, logic, the logic of it is really good, um, which is rather than having to dig up everything, yeah. find out where the crack is, replace the pipe, um, they send this little buggy down inside with diamond tips, cuts all the roots off, and then patches from the inside the pipe. Okay. So it's, it's utterly amazing what they do um, but the problem is on a domestic level mm. it's um, it's a bit overkill really so we tend to go in every um, every year to uh, to Nargis's place and various other customers as well for that matter um, with um, drain rods with a corkscrew on the end and then basically we pull and pull and pull to get out um, uh, to get out what we can and um, generally speaking that's as, as good as you can do okay. unless you start digging and if you need to start digging then that's when the price goes skywards what? So, Sorry, Dan, carry so on. An- another popular one is the, the construction waste that's just been thrown down the drain. Uh, yes. So I had this in my place, and we get this every week. It happens to somebody. We just put the uh, plumb in the washing machine, switch it on for the first time, and it floods your house. Yeah. Flooded mine. I just put wooden floors down and flooded the entire ground floor. And you can just literally reach down, and there is just, they've been finishing off the job, and they're just throwing bits of tile and rubble down. And You've also got cooking oil. <laughs> Please, people, do not put cooking oil down, down your sink. It solidifies before it even gets to the drain. And um, if alternatively you decide to throw boiling water after it, then at least you've mangled all of your drainage system <laughs> at that point. So don't do it. Um, dispose of it in a bin or in a container or however you're supposed to with the municipality. Um, but don't put it down your sink. But the construction waste is one that I've seen so many times, and particularly on balconies where you have the drain yeah. and then it, it rains in your balcony floods because it's full of sand Absurd. and concrete and stones. I was just thinking about when we uh, Grisdale came to help a lady on uh, Palm Jumeirah, lovely villa. She just had the entire villa repainted and the drain between the balcony and downstairs was completely blocked with cement. So Graham came with his giant machinery he said i can drive it down onto the beach and he said i've got 10 tons of pressure we we'll just put it in the bottom i can blast it straight out the problem is she just repainted the entire house he said <laughs> i'm going to cover your house in concrete and dirty water oh lovely so what where, i mean people you see people do all sorts of wonderful things to try and clear clogged j- drains particularly when uh, kitchen waste like kitchen drains and all the rest of it what should we not be chucking down the drains um any kind of chemical and no J's fluids, no, no bicarb no. soda, the, nothing like that. See, the, the, they work great when they work, yeah. but the problem is when they don't work. And 70% of the time, um, it's down to something that's physical, a physical blockage. So it's not like a chemical or a fat that's causing the entire problem. The fat just is exacerbating the problem. So in that situation, um, you've put some chemical down there and next you're going to ask a professional to come and actually mechanically remove whatever the constriction is. At that point, you are putting that, um, that professional in real, real danger. Mm. It's the first question that we ask people whenever we've, uh, we've got a, um, uh, a block drainage line uh, job. Um, and again, we've got caught out on a few occasions. Luckily, all of our guys wear um, per, uh, personal protective equipment. Um, and on that basis... They're, they're safe, but most people are not. So well, We have all sorts of things. We get children's toy cars as a popular one. A little boy comes <laughs> in and just puts the car in the toilet. It slides <laughs> down and goes underneath. We've had um, maids got the toilet brush stuck in the, in the toilet. That's a popular one. That happens a few times a year. Just cleaning the toilet, down it goes. Or just push it a bit 
further around they won't see it. It's not good, is it? Classic. It's not good. And it, it tends to be, I mean, if you ask a five-year-old, what happens to your toy car? It's down the toilet, Daddy. <laughs> well, oh, oh, you must know honest ones. I genuinely think that you get a little bit more of an entertaining story than that. And the one thing you don't get is, it's down the toilet, Daddy. Oh, no. Oh. Ever got a plug stuck down a drain? Uh, <laughs> no, that seems logical, doesn't it? That should happen, but... Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. The odd thing. We haven't got that um, that phone call yet, but no doubt tomorrow morning we'll get ten of them. But the construction waste one, I think it's important to, to reiterate. If you move into a new a new building, a new you know, a new community, just make sure you test those drains before you switch on your washing machine, before you do anything that's putting down a, a large volume of water. Do check your drains first. I'd be fascinated to know for anybody out there. Um, give us a give us a message four zero zero one. What is the weirdest <laughs> DIY problem that you guys have had in Dubai? I'd be fascinated to know whether you've had weirder ones than we have. I mean, we're now, what was it, 97,500 jobs in. Yep. Um, but uh, I bet there's somebody out there that's seen something more weird than we have. Has to be. And you guys will see the uh, the world of weird, that's for sure. It's Emma sitting in for James for the next week or so, and it is the DIY hour. We've got Colin and Dan from We Will Fix It in the studio answering your questions and uh, talking about problems that we have in our homes at the moment. And one little thing that you've brought in this week, because I really like this, the really easy, fizzy pop bottle herb garden. And a lot of people are having little herb gardens and growing things on their balconies at the moment so this seems like a really nice little thing to be able to do yeah we thought we'd do a really easy project this week i've i've been visiting children's nurseries this week and see lots of the nurseries around dubai are really into recycling and got the kids bringing in yogurt pots to, to build things we thought this was a, a nice little project so this is a fizzy a fizzy pot bottle herb see, garden this is where it is see i, I named it and i could have got something a bit more snappy than that really couldn't the really I? easy peasy fizzy pot bottle curb herb garden <laughs> see Look what I've done now. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Dubai. I'll try harder next week. Please do. So this is a really easy herb garden made from old one litre or bigger plastic fizzy drinks containers that can be located inside or outside. And the picture that we've got is of a whole dozens of them, lines of them with herbs growing in. Um, I think it's a great project for kids who might want to make pizzas at home. You can mm. grow your own basil and... and Oregano. Oregano, there you go. There you go. Um, it's re- recycling with herbs. A pizza, you can get your kids involved. What's not to like? Pizza and uh, do it yourself. So what you'll need old plastic bottles with the top, some metal U brackets. Yeah, now those those plastic bottles, the best ones are kind of the one litre or the one and a half litre. So the nice big ones. Yeah. yeah. It, I, well, no, saying that, you get really the, big ones. You get two and a half and three litre as well. So it's the, the medium size ones. ones that are <laughs> ideal. It's that kind of size. Need a couple of metal brackets, the same size as the bottle, but not bigger than the diameter of the bottle. I need two of those per bottle. Need a good hammer drill, some masonry bits. A six millimeter drill is ideal. Need some torques or wall plugs. Um, some potting compost, which is available at most major supermarkets, around twenty or thirty dollars a bag. Some scissors, which should obviously be used by adults only, and some herbs, which you can plant for growing your your pizza herbs. Get your seeds from Ace or Dubai Garden Centre. Or, alternatively, the plant souk. You can actually get ready-made plants. Now I, isn't it nicer, though, to see them growing from seed? Have you tried the it? the kids. Well, we did with the sunflower things, you know, but with... The, see, sunflowers work. <laughs> yeah, now. this is true. It's like crust. <laughs> yeah. Now, the real issue is, I've got two kids, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and um, 
they they expect when you start sprinkling in the seeds they're like 10 minutes later is it going yet <laughs> exactly why is it not growing daddy and they give you that look of you've failed me how could you so what i found was if you go to the plant zoo is it alwasan when you there awesome. the other day Worst i'm there most weekends my wife loves dragging me around there lovely um if you go there then you can basically get every kind of herb under the sun for pizza that sounds amazing go. it's a good spot Warsaw. busy at the weekend you've been up there it's a fantastic place yeah no i haven't actually the, the i back, have to the back of dragon mart next to the sewage works makes you wonder why it really is great why everything's yeah. growing everything's growing <laughs> so quickly well. <laughs> yeah, it's growing exceedingly well there. but it's five dirhams for per herb pot and um and that's an absolute bargain it is, but I don't have green thumbs. I to the point. The reason I don't have this is to the point of this. My mother bought me a plastic plant, and I still managed to kill it. <laughs> Take some doing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we so don't have you're plants in the our one. house. Right. <laughs> so dead, dead easy build. So using the scissors, cut out only the centre top section to one third down, uh, in a U shape. Position the bottle horizontally on the wall with one bracket either side of the centre where you've cut to put your, your potting soil in. And mark the toe positions of the four holes in the brackets. Drill the holes and insert the plugs. Fill the bottles with soil and herb seeds and plants. Position the brackets over the wall and attach. Let the herbs grow and start making pizza. Yes. See? We were told the previous one was a bit difficult, so this one's nice and easy. It is nice and easy. Bottle on wall, cut out the midsection, one bracket either side, put in the soil, put in the plants from Alwasan, the plant souk, and away you go. Is there any way to make kind of like a temporary bracket, temporary fixing for this, so you don't end up with holes all Um, over your walls? You know, you can actually. The the illustration we've got, I adapted, Mm. because um, the illustration that's actually on the build sheet, which is going on um, the uh, Dubai 103.8 website at some point, and um, is going to be on our Facebook page as well, isn't it? What are we? Uh, we will fix it, Dubai. Is that yep. it on Facebook? Yeah, there we go. Um, I'm not good with this technology, but um, <laughs> the image that's on there is actually using string okay. instead, which okay. you can do. Um, or the alternative is to get a board, mount it to a board, and then lean that against your wall, which would work as well. But I like this. It looks nice, and it could has the potential to make a little balcony look nice as well. Exactly. Lots of people are doing this. All these vertical gardens, that's what they call it now, isn't it? it vertical is. garden. Yeah, you just got to find the right plants that are okay with being outside in this kind of climate. That's the only downside. But mostly, there's a lot of them. What, five dirhams oh, a plant? Honestly, can't go wrong, can you? A couple you? of weeks, and it should pay for itself, hasn't it? Especially unless with they pizza. Live, unless they live with me, in which case they're dead in half a day. Well, oh, <laughs> what can we do about that? My, my neighbour in Lyon had all these plants hanging from, from the ceiling on his on his balcony, like underneath his balcony, but hanging from the ceiling. It looked fantastic yeah. until he see goes to water every day, and then it just drips on his head for like an hour afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> looks great, but not very you, practical. You don't think about that before, do no. you? Dreadfully, I've seen him fall over three times. Oh dear, is he still in one piece? <laughs> Maybe he needs um, needs to talk to the lady with the cat that jumps off the balcony. The two of them together oh, would be a match dear. made in heaven. Disaster. So you'd have to probably not to overwater these things because obviously you wouldn't have holes in the bottom of the bottles or anything. That's a good point. So you'd have to not make it mouldy or anything by overwatering. Yeah, yeah, you could stick holes in. But then mess all over the balcony, mess all no. over the floor. No, what you need to do is you need to position them in line, don't you? So you water the top one, ah. it goes through the holes at the bottom into the next one. You see where I'm going? That's really good. That, that's a good point. But then your top one would be saturated. It would have to be saturated to... Just, yeah. 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 Mm, see your point. <laughs> I still think it would work. <laughs> 
we'll get there we'll get there but I like it it's a good idea it's fantastic and we will pop this up on uh, the website as well and uh, sort the podcast out as well I think we've just about run out of time unfortunately where did that hour go it's amazing isn't it it's amazing how quickly how the time goes <laughs> when you're talking about you're here next week um, hopefully fingers crossed that's good the plan stuff. so we'll see you next week I haven't told Dan yet but I might not be all right. I never get to go away, but there's a possibility that I am. Anywhere nice? Uh, no, no, somewhere oh. local. I'm doing staycationing stuff. That's hopefully. fine. Staycations are so, good. Yeah, mind you, knowing my luck, it'll get cancelled, and I'll see you next week. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's Colin and Dan from We Will Fix It. That is your DIY hour.